Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 818 on Jacksonville's Morning News. Have an opportunity to bring you uh, closer to the newsmakers each and every weekday morning on Jacksonville's Morning News. And so when these opportunities come up, I want to make sure that you're aware of what's happening behind the scenes as a new term is getting underway here for State Attorney Melissa Nelson and joins me live on Jacksonville's Morning News. And one, the story that we're just reporting this morning is, is troubling and disturbing to hear of a three-year-old girl being shot on Jacksonville's west side. Multiple children over the last several months actually have been shot. Is there a partnership or a role that the state attorney's office can play going forward over the next couple of years on gun safety awareness and getting guns out of homes in cases where you have kids, for example? Um, absolutely. So um, we we are laser focused on um, violent crime and certainly gun violence. And as, as part of that, one of the things that we've been looking at, Rich, are how guns get in the hands of um, criminals, offenders, or in the cases of um, tragic accidental shootings, how they get in the hands of kids. And safety certainly matters. You know that JSO does a 9 p.m. routine alerting the public and their followership um, to safety gun, safe gun ownership. We have an effort to expand that um, announcement to our broader community. Last year, there were over 600 guns stolen out of unlocked cars. Um, and those guns obviously get in the hands of um, dangerous people. And so safety and making sure that um, legal gun owners are, are keeping their guns safe is, is certainly imperative and something that um, we have definitely contributed, uh, you know, our, our voice to. First of the year is usually the time where we can kind of reflect back on some of the things that have occurred. And of course, so much happened in 2020. We've learned a lot about things related to the pandemic, social justice and thing, and police reforms and whatnot. For you and in a, a political office, as you look forward and, and maybe look at new thinking, we look at 2020 as another record year, 176 people killed in Jacksonville. Is there a bold new program? What new thinking do you want to bring to the table to slow this trend that we've seen? So violence has been an, a, a foremost priority of our administration over the last four years. And what I would say to the, the challenge that we continue to face and that we certainly saw last year is we're going to stay the course. We have absolutely implemented new thinking. I think it's always important to look beyond just our own jurisdiction to find out what programs, initiatives, um, enforcement techniques might be successful in other jurisdictions. And we have done that. So, as you know, we brought um, an intervention program to Jacksonville. We certainly have partnered with um, prevention uh, efforts, you know, nonprofits, and we, we are an enforcement agency. So, to that vein, we have harnessed technology that you and I have talked about before to advance more effective investigations and um, successful prosecutions. And we've restructured our office dedicating talent and experience to focus on this one issue. So right now I'd say it's a matter of staying the course. That said, we're always open to, um, to your point, new thinking, um, where somebody's doing it better. 
um, sadly and unfortunately, what we saw last year here in Jacksonville is what we saw across the country. Um, criminologists will certainly be studying this for years to come. Um, nobody can give reason why right now, but the violence um, that we saw is unfortunately not unique to our city. The successful prosecutions, do you have a mark that you reflect on, like the, the, the percentage uh, over the last couple of years? And do you have kind of a growth model that you're looking to try to achieve over the next couple of years? Well, great question. What I would, what I look to, 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 in terms of success, right? We can, we can say, oh, we have this many convictions or this is our conviction rate. And that has been steady for, you know, years and years. But really, the best thing would be to um, disrupt the shooters, to see a reduction in shootings, a reduction in homicide, and to look at recidivism. Are the things that we are, uh, that we are um, trying, are they having an impact um, by people not returning back to the criminal justice system? Are we incapacitating the right offenders? So that is something that we are absolutely looking at. Um, we continue to audit. You and I have talked about um, the firearms policy that, that we issued, you know, third quarter last year. Um, we're now months into that, and we convene to look at, you know, are we using it successfully and what kind of outcomes is it having? Is it having the intended outcomes? So um, recidivism, I would say, and reduction in violence is, are certainly, in my mind, the best metrics. And um, we're, the city is, you know, certainly we're plagued with a violent crime problem. As you've heard us say over and again, um, the drivers of this violence is a small amount of people in this very large city. And so our efforts have really been focused on, on what we call the, the violent crime drivers. State Attorney Melissa Nelson with us, and you mentioned uh, in the third quarter of last year was around that same time, right around September-ish or so, uh, that your uh, office announced um, body camera footage of police shootings uh, and that there would be like a 30-day shot clock basically in in place. And I don't mean that to flippantly, by the way. I'm thinking of the basketball reference. But uh, the the 30-day window of time to alert the agency that uh, that body cam footage would be released. Can you assess the results of that just a few months in? How successful do you feel that's been? And what changes do you want to make? Um, I, I'm, I'm really pleased with the, the outcome of a lot of work on that policy. And yes, it's indeed working. Um, most recently, we had an um, officer-involved critical incident, and that body-worn camera footage was released, um, I think, within 48 hours to the public. And that was because we looked at everything and authorized that it would not um, impact negatively any investigation. And so, you know, that policy was the culmination of a lot of, uh, a lot of work, a lot of dialogue, a lot of discussion, um, and it's working. And it's been, we've seen that in Orlando, they've adopted a policy almost exactly like the one that we implemented here in Jacksonville. In the summer, the temperature was very high, obviously, in the air, but it was also uh, very high given uh, what we had seen uh, with protests across the nation and the deadly encounters with police uh, and black individuals in places like Minneapolis and in Atlanta. And as we were gathered uh, in the Action News Jack studios, actually, uh, back in the summer uh, with you and the the sheriff and uh, people from the uh, local community, What's the next step in building trust in the black community? A lot was covered then when attention was on it, but these are the times when maybe there isn't a major story or there aren't protests every day. So what's happening behind the scenes that you want to lead or that you believe you're leading in building trust in the black community? 
Um, well, thank you for the question. I'll, I'll tell you this. While we talk about uh, things that are grim for Jacksonville, which, you know, talking about homicide or gun violence, I'll, I'll share with you something that I think is really hopeful. We are a unique city in that um, we have great community partnerships. We have been, we've had several meetings since that time we were together um, with interested activists, faith leaders, um, heads of nonprofits, interested in bridging the gap and building trust and legitimacy. And we've continued those conversations. And that's, that's important. It's important for the work that we do at the state attorney's office. It's certainly important for the police. Um, and we're committed to continuing those, those conversations. I really believe once you get to, to know one another and are proximate to one another, um, that's where trust is, is built. And so uh, it's important for us at the state attorney's office to continue forging those relationships. You know, we've opened our doors over the last four years. We've held over 700 different community meetings um, to anyone and, and everyone who's interested in, in talking to us, because I think it's important. We don't want to meet them for the first time, to your point, when there is crisis. We want to have relationships in place before that time. I would imagine that there is a significant backlog in cases, given uh, what the COVID pandemic has meant with the court system and whatnot, not to get too deep in the weeds there, but how uh, backed up, I guess, is that case uh, log? And, and as you look into 2021, as maybe vaccinations are continuing to come in, everyone's getting into normal routines of mask wearing and whatnot. Are we years behind or do you have goals to be able to accelerate the pace over the coming months? Rich, um, our, what I call the COVID hole is going to be, uh, I think, the greatest challenge facing certainly our office and the court system in not just the upcoming year, but in years to come. Our case counts have risen. We do not have the ability right now. Um, we haven't been convening juries and trying cases. And jury trial sets are often um, the reason why cases resolve. So cases have come to many an impact. The defense bar doesn't have the ability to communicate with their clients in the same way as they had when we were all in a courtroom, a physical space together. Now we're um, appearing in court by Zoom. And so when we do resume jury trials, it's going to take a very long time before this backlog of cases um, is reduced. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 